Hello and welcome to another episode of Progressive Rants. This is episode 12. Uh, I would like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land from which I'm dialing in from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. Today on the show is just me and Nas. It's uh, 7 in the morning in Melbourne and uh, election day is around the corner. Nas wants to get some predictions out. He wants to talk shop a little bit more. He's like, Nabil, you got to wake up early to do this because he's not doing this early. Man, the 16-hour time driven sucks sometimes. Ugh. It really but, uh, does suck. Yeah. But, uh, you know, happy Halloween to everyone who's listening. Uh, I hope everyone's wearing a mask this year because uh, even though it's past Halloween as well, before and after Halloween, doesn't matter. Just keep wearing your mask. Um, don't wear the Batman mask. That shit ain't going to do anything for you. Uh, you know, at least wear a Spider-Man mask or, like, I don't know, something like that. So at least, you know, you don't get your germs everywhere. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's... It's what Sunday here. It's Saturday night in New York, and uh, election day is literally two days away or three days away, and could not be more exciting times to be honest. Because uh, I know I don't want to sound like I'm hyping it up, but uh, the fate of the world depends on it. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of numbers coming out. All the polls that are out are already out. Um, do what you will with the numbers that you see now. Um, there, there are no new numbers coming out. Um, if you believe the polls, then, you know, Biden's our next president. If you don't believe the polls, well, then Biden isn't our next president. Um, there's a lot of uh, interesting numbers coming out, a lot of races that you traditionally wouldn't think to be tight. A lot of states you wouldn't traditionally think to be tight, but they are. Um, it's, a, a, it's a different election. Um, it's a very polarized election. We've never been this polarized um, in a long, well, We've been polarized, but like we haven't been this polarized in a long, long time. Um, I don't see, um, like, again, if you're an undecided voter, holler, holler at us, because uh, uh, I don't know how you're still undecided at this point. But um, looking at the numbers of third-party interests as well, that's gone down considerably con- uh, compared to last time, which is a sure sign that people are really considering the options, the two options that they have, and trying to probably not... I hate to say it, put out a protest vote, but it's not a protest vote. People vote with their conscience, and uh, people should not be shamed for voting with their conscience. Uh, with that being said, Nas, let's just dive in. How how you been, man? How was your Halloween? Uh, well, hang on. It's Halloween, or it's right now. It's going on. Um, it's still Saturday. Oh, true, yeah. I'm, sti- I'm 16 hours ahead. My bad, dude. My bad. Yeah, preposterous. Uh, the, and you should also mention that the only reason it's just the two of us is because well, it's 7 a.m. for you, so you have an excuse. And the only reason I'm the only one from stateside is on is because I'm the only one who doesn't have a life, apparently. Because we asked the others to get on, and they all said that they have Halloween plans, and they couldn't. So so I'm I'm here Saturday night um, or evening. It's, it's pretty chilled outside. So I'm not complaining being inside doing this with you. Yeah, me neither. I mean... Uh... I don't start work for another couple of hours. So I was like, you know what? I'll just wake up a little earlier because, you know, why not? Let's talk politics. Um, all right. So let's jump into it then. Um, what do you want to start off with? Do you want to start off with what you think is definitely going to happen or what you don't uh, think is going to happen? <laughs> I want to start off with like like to discuss some changes that happened from our last uh, from the last episode that we did on the on the election. So in that episode, I had mentioned that there were two states that I was really looking at, and they were um, they were interesting me really a lot. And um, one of them happened to be Virginia, and I really thought it would be very very close in Virginia. And it was it was one of the I would have it would have been number one in my list of states that Hillary had won and Trump might be able to flip. And like in the last ten days, I think a lot has changed. 
Virginia looks solid blue at this point. It's it's Virginia is more of a lock than many many tradition. Like Virginia is more of a lock than Colorado, and and Biden is up double digits in almost every single poll that came out in the last week in Virginia. And if he had asked, if like we're not talking about Colorado because we all think Colorado is a, is is blue. So I think Virginia is one we can take off for for Biden and it, and also for long-term uh, consequences of Virginia is probably just gone for the Republicans because we have two Democratic senators from Virginia. It's, it's going to vote blue in the presidential election, what, five terms in a row. It voted blue twice. Oh, no, it will be four. It voted blue twice for Obama. It voted blue for Hillary. It's probably going to vote blue again for Biden. Uh, it's certainly looking that way. And it's just, it's one of those... It's it's like the Illinois of this decade, where where Illinois once was a solid red state, was as a red state that George W. Bush won back to back, and we don't talk about Illinois anymore because Obama flipped it, and Illinois is now solid blue. And I think we can certainly start putting Virginia in that camp. Um, well, it seems like Biden's starting to consolidate the um, what's it called the suburban vote in Virginia, if that's yeah. the case. I think, I think that's another point. And it's like, this is something Rory mentioned, I think it was in the, in the last episode, that a significant portion of Trump's uh, electorate last time came from white suburban moms. And they have they have deserted him like there's no tomorrow. Uh, he has lost a significant portion of those votes. Um, interestingly, he has gained votes among minorities which is in, in I mean it's not significant enough, which I think it will influence the results of this election. But it does seem like he has more support among Hispanics than he did last time. Um he has yes, more that support. Is correct. Yeah, he has more support among a lot of immigrants than he did last time. And I mean, like it or not, I think a lot of his his rhetoric regarding law and order, I think does push those voters, whether whether they're rightly or wrongly, it, it does um influence them in a way that they are more leaning towards Trump than than Democrats because of of what's gone on in like the big cities a- across this country, and I don't agree with it. I still think um, Trump is terrible for for minorities and and immigrants. But you know, again, we we don't vote shame. So if if you feel like if you're a minority or or and you think Trump is your is your person to vote for, it's not know? even about being your person. It's almost like Trump is speaking to a certain demographic which is why people are resonating with it if i mean it's all about getting the voters out right and if uh if biden's not saying the things or at least not getting his message out even if he is saying the things to the people who matter like you know it's a foregone usually it's a foregone conclusion like oh minorities and immigrants tend to vote democrat but i can tell you from anecdotal evidence um as well as you probably could as well that we both know people in the immigrant community who are very pro-trump I had a uh, uh, my mom was telling me a story about a cousin of mine who lives in Florida, uh, not in um, not in Fort Lauderdale and stuff. I forgot exactly where, but I think it's in close to Trump. I mean, I think it's, I think it's Tallahassee. I could be wrong, though. not Tallahassee, uh, Tampa. Sorry, but I could be wrong. But uh, she was saying that she knows a lot. She's in the Bengali community there. And she was saying like how there's so many Trump supporters because, like you know, she made a joke like, why you guys support Trump? Like, he's going to give you a job in the White House. Like, you know, but it, it is, you know, they see them as their strong man. They see they see him as, you know, something they can. I guess relate to somehow in in their own way, so you cannot kind of, like you know Hillary Clinton lost because personally I feel there's a huge chunk of America not a huge chunk a significant chunk of America that was like fuck you 
I'm not voting Democrat anymore, like especially Democrats. Like I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing it this time. And uh, which is a major reason why we probably got Trump because Trump gained the working class vote. A Republican won working class votes. Let that sink in. So there's a messaging issue from the Democrats for sure. And we're seeing a similar pattern emerge again, right? Now we're looking into Biden's campaign trail for the last week or so. And uh, it's eerily similar to Hillary Clinton. Which is, a, which is actually a very significant worry because uh, I think the New York Times had an article out yesterday, like Biden has this expanded map strategy where he is trying to um, branch out his, his path to victory. And he's trying to hit like multiple states at the same time, which it sounds great on paper. Like, for example, like he was in Georgia this week. He was, uh, he spent a lot of time in Florida He's today right now. He's in. Well, I don't know if he's right now. He was definitely today this morning. He was in Iowa. Um, I think he hit North Carolina this week as well. Um, he might have been. He, in Arizona. he went to Pennsylvania once in the last week. He has he, I, I, I don't even. Has he even been in Wisconsin? Um, I, I know he plans to get there either today or tomorrow. And I'm pretty sure he will end up in Michigan at some point as well before um, election. Yeah, but again, that that goes to my earlier point. Like, whoever who hasn't decided yet, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he he needs to get ahead of it. Like, he should if he he should have started going to Wisconsin the day after he announced. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go win the states Hillary lost because that's all I need to be president. Yeah. So so the, the, again, so going back to the New York Times article, like their their argument was this expanded map strategy is very risky because of the system that we use you could yeah hillary lost georgia by i think five points you could close that down to two points you could might even close it down to a single point or less but it's not gonna matter if you lose georgia by a little bit you lose all of georgia's electoral votes if you lose north carolina by a little bit you lose all their electoral votes um yeah you lose by a hair you lose by a mile you still lose yeah so it doesn't it will not matter if you win um california by a bigger margin than you than hillary did it's not going to matter and which probably will happen. So because if you look at national polls, Biden's up by like almost eight points on almost every single poll. And you would think if there was a candidate who was up by eight points nationally, we shouldn't even be talking about, we should all be like, you know, this is, this is a foregone conclusion, but um, it's not, it's not because like there is a possibility where Trump is able to win all of the States um, in, in the South, like he did last time, except Virginia, I think that's gone. And he just in and in that case, then he needs to just win one of Wisconsin, um, Michigan or Pennsylvania. And like those are very good odds. Like if for a president like Trump, like who's so polarizing, like who's a, basically an idiot and he's like a man child for him to be in a position where he can just win one of those three states and still retain uh, the presidency is in a good spot to be in. I know the polls, poll numbers in those three states doesn't look good for him. Like uh, Wisconsin, he's down by six. But you you said like uh, he was down by seven in 2016 and Hillary yeah, still the last, lost. The final poll that came out um, three days before election day in Wisconsin. I think it's the Macquarie poll. I could be. Uh, I know it starts on the end. Anyways, um, yeah, he had, the poll had Hillary up by seven points, and we all know what happened on election day. It did. It was a complete miss. Um, another poll also had Michigan up. Uh, also another complete miss. So uh, let's also not forget that uh, those were places where Bernie Sanders happened to do very well as well. Yeah. So. So there's a lot of working class resentment that um, feeds into these 
massive swings. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And then you also have to consider the fact that a lot of people who might have become Trump supporters over the last four years, who've probably never voted either, um, don't want to come out of the woodwork and show that they are Trump supporters, seeing how Trump supporters are just bashed left, right and center. So maybe, again, like last time, a lot of people are just keeping it to themselves that they're Trump supporters, not being vocal about it. But on election day, they're going to show that they are Trump supporters. That's that's another that's another um, point that needs to be considered because uh, it it ain't easy being a Trump supporter. Let's let's keep it real. Like pe- it's just people have like uh, instant reactions to when someone meets um, a Trump supporter. I was uh what was it last year? I was um, at a friend's place and uh, this guy this is a uh, guy from Africa. He's an immigrant as well. Huge Trump supporter. He uh, he didn't fit the bill for a Trump supporter when you first saw saw him. But then, you know, everyone's like, what? And I was like, wait, hold on. Let's uh, let's hear him out. Like, why is you know, And there are people will they'll try to justify. They might be wrong. Don't get me wrong. They're not. I'm not saying they're right when they justified why they like Trump. But, you know, they go by what they know and what they understand. And the fact of the matter is 90 um, percent of voters are. I'm, I'm just pulling this number out of my ass. But like, I want to say 90 percent of voters are low information voters. They don't know the nitty gritty of what's going on. They go by what they see, what they understand. And most importantly, how they feel. That's how voters vote. They vote by how they feel at the end of the day. Will this president make me feel better by giving me what I want to hear? And also, you know, by that by that extension, you know, is that person going to make my life better? It doesn't have to make your life better. He just needs to give you the illusion that he's going to make your life better. So, um, yeah, but Biden isn't really pushing much of an economic agenda in that regard. So if you're not fighting um, a battle mm-hmm. on economics i don't know how he's it's gonna he's gonna lock it down like yeah the honor of the office and all this other stuff that they say those are all all intangibles but the the most people people at the end of the day are gonna vote based on um if they see their lives are gonna be better by voting for somebody and given the situation in the pandemic it's probably like voter turnout is insane right now you're telling me earlier that there are more more votes cast in texas today then uh, five days out before the election, then actual election day in 2016. So there is there is an interest in this election for sure. The question is, um, which direction is the interest going in? Um, and I don't think Texas is going to go blue. I, I it's it might be close, like you said, like with Georgia, like all these like it, it will be close. I'm not going to lie. Like it'll be like, whoa, I didn't expect that from Texas. It's like, you know, if New York was close uh in the opposite direction people would it would it would you know turn heads but i don't think texas is gonna go blue uh it and if it does like holy shit <laughs> that's all i gotta say to that <laughs> uh interestingly um aoc is actually doing some sort of like um video rally or s- something along those lines to get the vote out in texas to get um so definitely the progressive wing of the democratic party i think they do feel like they have a they have a significant chance. And I, I genuinely think like Bernie Sanders, if he was our nominee, with his with his like enormous support among the Latino community for because the Latinos really did come out for Bernie, especially in California, which Bernie beat Biden and um in Nevada. Yeah, Nevada Nevada was like a was was like a bloodbath, right? For Bernie. And um Texas could have flipped like and even then, it I would leave it at could have. With Biden, I don't see I don't see it flipping, and it, it, I do see that Biden will get close, um, closer than Hillary. But I don't think it. it to twenty twenty is not the time. Um, maybe twenty twenty four, twenty twenty eight, like 
a lot of things will change by then. Um, regarding, again, the Roswell, because I always come back to those um, three states, um, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. So Michigan, looking at um, real clear politics, uh, poll average. So Biden is up by 6.5, which, again, it's it's 6.5. Any other with any other candidate other than Trump, you would say this is over. And yeah, why Biden doesn't need to campaign in in Michigan? He doesn't need to show up and then try to generate some enthusiasm to get people out to vote. Because again, these rallies, let me just say, these rallies aren't designed to flip uh, like undecided voters. These rallies are designed to get your voters to the polls. So six point five. As crazy as it might sound, it's still within that like imaginary. Uh, what is this thing called? Like the margin of error, right? And with any other election or any other candidate, I would have put it like this is over. But with Trump, we have seen him overcome these odds one time, and it's not impossible that he will do it again. And also, like there's something else. Like I, I know it's, we're 20 minutes into the episode and we have waited this long to mention this is you don't know what level of outside influences are going to play and what part they're going to play in this election. Uh, we know Russians have tried to influence uh, like voters this time. Um, Iran has emerged as another cyber, it's like cyber force or other, or that is trying to play an integral part in this election. We know China will try and are we, w- will we be able to stop them? And, a, a very marginal count in Pennsylvania or Michigan. And all you might need is is that little bit of extra influence from the outside to flip it for Trump. And then that's the presidency gone for the Democrat. Um, what do you think? Like, do you, do you foresee a situation where, of what happened in 2016, where you know that you had a lot of influence from Russia um, and that played a huge part in giving Trump the presidency. Well, I'll start off by saying what goes around comes around. So if you start fucking around with other people's elections, maybe other people will start fucking around with ours. Um, that, now that I said that, uh, <laughs> I feel a lot better. Um, I should have seen that coming, by the way. <laughs> so I have no remorse or any fucking feelings towards, or you know, other people fucking around with our elections. I'm sorry. I, like, it's, it's, not not more about, get... <laughs> it's not about remorse. It's just, it's like, I think the result, do you foresee a situation where the result is influenced by an outside influence? Not to the point where it's a margin marginal enough that it pushes it over. Like if you're going to, if it's like, say out of a hundred reasons, that's one of them. Well, that's a very weak argument to make for, for that. There's um, just to blame Russia or China for the, for the ill situation that we have in terms of our crumbling infrastructure, um, bloated military budget, um, you know, no healthcare basically, or, Oh no! Wait, we have access to healthcare. Um, you know, student debt crisis. China and Russia didn't cause all of that. So let's just be clear on that issue. People are people. I don't think this is a foreign policy vote this year. I don't see much like people. Yeah, there might be saber rattling in terms of China, China, China. But let's make it clear: like both parties are anti-China to the point where they're. If anything, the Democrats <laughs> I feel like are saying more shit than anything. If you don't forget that Obama. Uh, in his last two years, had the pivot to China or pivot to Asia, which is why, which is basically what Donald Trump continued. And from the from what it sounds like in the debates, which was uh, Biden is going to keep pushing. So um, yeah, China has China is going to do whatever it can to influence whoever they want to win. But at this point, uh, these are it's not. China isn't fighting a personality. China is fighting an adversary, the whole of the United States machine. So to China, it 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 
I can't see either way why, you know, the U.S. is going to be the U.S. toward China. The U.S. is going to be the U.S. toward Russia. So at that point, they're just trying to sow some division in the country, which helps them in the long run. But I don't see them trying to influence an election so that, oh, this is our guy. Like, you know how America puts in their guy in power. Yeah, that does, that's, not, that's not happening in America. So I'm not too concerned about that aspect of the election. Um, I'm more concerned about, um, you know, actual working people suffering and coming out and voting with how they feel and if at the moment they vote they feel like the democrats haven't done enough for them especially black voters and latino voters who to be honest the democrats just take for granted and after a certain point people hate being taken for granted when you remember when trump said to black voters in 2015 or 2016 like what do you got to lose like what do you got like he's got like i mean you can't argue with that like you've been voting democrats for 40 years and you've if you like this is the point that brianna joy uh, Taylor made on her show on Bad Faith uh, when she was interviewing Chomsky. Like it's a it's a difficult like how do you convince someone who's been who has been voting Democrat but has not seen their life improve? And she gave the example of her mother. Like how do you convince someone like that to vote for Biden after like you know it, you might just get a fuck you vote like at that point <laughs> and then vote for the other guy out of spite. So I'm more concerned about that. Like um, like you were saying earlier, uh, Bernie crushed it in the in Nevada in the, the Latino vote because the unions, despite the union bosses coming out against the Bernie, the, the union the union guys and girls freaking voted for him. So at this point in time, like it, it is, like I don't want to rule out Arizona, like people are saying Arizona is going to turn blue, but the only, the only reservation I have on Arizona is like, well, we're going to have a huge Latino turnout. And if that Latino turnout doesn't vote blue, it doesn't, you don't need that many Latinos to turn to the other side for, um, uh, uh, for Arizona to be gone to the red, to be red again, so like, I'm I'm the polls are what it is, but the polls are what they are, man. The polls I take them with a huge grain of salt, especially after last last uh, election cycle. And not to just to point this out again, um, I remember watching maybe rally after like Trump was doing like seven rallies a day for like two weeks straight in the Rust Belt. And the more I watched him, the bigger his rallies got and more people were turning out. And I'm in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy just might win. He, I don't think he might, but he just might, though. And then, fuck, he won. So and we talk about this on the show. You get the incumbent advantage as well. So, yeah, he might be behind in the polls, but he's also the incumbent. He's been also in the background um, pushing state Supreme Courts. I think was in Wisconsin is going to stop counting ballots after Election Day. And um, I'm going to double check on this before I start saying this. But like he has got a um, couple of state Supreme Courts to stop uh, counting. I, 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 can, I, can, well. I have information on three states. So uh, yeah. Pennsylvania and North Carolina will count ballots received three days after the election, which is which is huge for for the Democrats. Uh, Wisconsin is, is one of the states that will not count ballots received uh, after the election. But here's my issue with that, because um, as, a, as a civic responsibility of voting, um, if you have postmarked your vote before or by election day, it is a duty of the state to count that vote because according to that that social contract that you have with the citizen and the state, um, the you decide on your leaders based on that social con contract. And if you have done everything that the state has asked you to do to make sure your vote is validated, except for the fact that it doesn't reach the state, but this law says set the laws say that your vote needs to be postmarked by election day. So you have fulfilled your obligation to vote. After that fact, if the state decides because of a Supreme Court ruling not to count your vote, that is voter suppression. 
So there are the we're we're talking like the Republicans are going to play fair in this election. So let's just make that clear. They never play fair. Hmm. So if there's dirty tricks happening, do you think the Democrats have the spine to stand up straight and be like, nah, this is, this no. is some nah. So so that's why I'm that's why I'm deeply concerned. Um, yeah, the polls might be what it is, but maybe the poll, the po- error, the margin of error might be the votes that aren't counted in the end. And then um, boom, I would vote. I agree with you so much, but I do disagree to the point like uh, I do understand the argument like what time do we stop what if we get a ballot 10 days after the election and yeah i understand you postmarked it um the day before the election but you also could have you could also i mean it's it's what time this isn't, what time this isn't unusual is... this isn't unusual when al franken won um it went into a it went into a whole voting like it triggered recounts and stuff like that he wasn't in session until like freaking weeks and weeks after um, but we all. I, but I also want to be. I also want to know which way Pennsylvania has voted as sooner rather than later. And I and don't want to. We're not going to find that out. We're not going to find that out because all the mail-in ballots are going to be. I'm not going to be counted. Yeah. yeah I, until both. I, I understand that, and that's wrong. And I think we should start. I, I mean, I don't see a reason why we can't be counting them right now. And it something like that is designed to like hang the election in favor of Trump where it will look like Trump is willing w- is winning on votes cast on election day but um we have i don't know millions of a couple million mail in ballots that are yet to be counted which Biden might win by like say 60 40 and which would be more than enough for to give him Pennsylvania um we might hell he might even need to win it when the mail in ballots 55 45 and that should be enough that's an extra 100,000 votes for him right there uh, yeah, but I also do I understand the argument like what time at what point do we st- uh, stop counting like how when that's why we needed a strong post office. What's that's why we needed <laughs> needed to fund uh, put a lot of funding towards a post office to make sure that stuff like that. If if somebody mails their vote in on the second of November, that shouldn't it shouldn't be arriving ten days later. It should be arriving within three or four because. Hell, it's not going that far, right? It's if you're mailing in your ballot, you're mailing it to your local school college or local election office. You're not mailing it to out of state, right? Right. So I don't understand why ballots will take any longer than um, a day or two to arrive. Uh, I think three days is enough. And for North Carolina and and Pennsylvania, there may be other states that are that all that will also count. They might not be as significant because they're not um, considered battleground states. Uh, for for Biden, it's it's a big thing, especially North Carolina. It's it's looking closer and closer. He is up by I think a, a point in North Carolina in, in RCP average, and North Carolina is a state that has a lot of young voters, a lot of college voters that um are registering. He's to up vote. by point eight. Is it is it uh, less than a point in that case? It's less than a point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we I think I call that a statistical tie. Um, or not me. I think a lot of people call that statistic. <laughs> so I don't want to steal that term. But yeah, it's it, North Carolina is interesting because I think voter turnout in North Carolina is going to be through the roof. Uh, and how many of those young voters are going to be voting Biden is also is also up for debate. It's just it, let's not assume that if you're um, if you're newly registered voter that you're not going to you're just going to automatically vote Democrat. Not it, there's a significant portion of new voters that will vote for Trump as well. Uh, I also want to do talk about Nevada. Nevada is a state that Hillary won. Um, she won again. She barely won it. She won it by two point four percent in twenty sixteen. 
uh, it was a state that Obama had won quite comfortably back to back in in 2008 and 12. Uh, latest polls have up Biden up by two two points and uh, RCP average is four points. I don't know why we're not spending a lot of time in Nevada. We don't want to lose Nevada. <laughs> Trust Nevada is an interesting case because um, Las Vegas is hurting big time from everything coronavirus. So uh, it could go either way. It could go because, you know, Trump, remember that crazy mayor in Nevada who wanted Las Vegas to be like a, 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 a test case for yep. herd immunity? Yeah. Yep. Well, 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 she's a Democrat, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so she, uh, so my point in saying that is uh, Nevada's hurting real bad. And from if you've been hurting this bad for this long, um, you're going to start saying, let's just open shit up because there's no point in keeping everything closed. And, you know, when people's livelihoods and their entire family and everything they do is at stake, um, staying closed longer isn't going to be an option, which is why I'm a little hesitant to say Nevada is definitely blue a lot of people might just be voting out of economic hardship but at the same time it could also go like oh fuck you trump you haven't handled this right now we're in shit so it could go either way that's i i i don't know um oh you're on mute dude sorry man <laughs> uh, yeah i agree i agree with the latter point where they will probably just go like uh, yeah fuck you for not handling this right and because you haven't handled this right and we're still shut we're still in a lockdown where people are afraid to go out of the house or be uh, people are afraid to get on a plane to come to Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, it's, Nevada's going to be so interesting because, again, it's uh, we don't really know where these um, these Bernie votes are going to go to because you could argue that a lot of Bernie voters this time around are more conscious about the fact that, hey, yeah, maybe we really don't want this guy for another four years. And they will just, like, bite the bullet and vote for Biden. And also, I think a lot of Bernie voters don't see Biden as as terrible as Hillary Clinton, as I, I, I certainly don't think, I, I think I don't like Biden. Trust me. I'm probably not going to vote for him, but again, I'm in New York, so it doesn't matter. But, um, but I'm all, I also will be the first to admit that he is a significantly nicer person than Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was like, uh, in my opinion, like a crazy nut job at, um, at various points. Like we don't know how many wars will be in, we would be in right now if she was president. Um, and what sorts of secrets? We had more wars under her as Secretary of State, so you can only imagine. You can know, yeah. <laughs> She's a war hog, like like I think Rory puts it right. Um, yeah. And Biden is not like Biden can be sort of like yeah he he he's that like annoying uncle or annoying grandpa that rumbles on, forgets what he's talking about, starts talking about like shit you don't really give a shit about but he he's also someone who's not as like is he's someone that bernie really likes and i don't think all the all the support bernie has given towards biden I'll, i don't think most of it is uh it, well i would I'd say most of it is genuine there are some things that you know bernie obviously and biden disagree with but bernie has been campaigning hard for him and he he was he did campaign hard for hillary but you could tell from his speeches that they were none of those were really genuine because he, he was really wor- way more worried about hillary clinton than he's worried about biden and yeah i think that could be a big factor also as well in in states like michigan and wisconsin because we do know bernie is very popular in those states and a lot of those young white voters uh how are they going to turn out and and how will they go vote as well and they're going to play a big factor as well and that's why the, the path to victory for trump is slim is very slim. Like I don't know what I'm trying to get at. Like here, 
because the more I talk about this election, the more I think like this really should be Biden all the way through. But when you dig into individual states, like can I see Trump pulling out of victory in Nevada? Yes, I can. Can I see Trump pulling out of victory in one of those um one of the three states of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Yes, I can. Can I see, like he can win one. It's not impossible that he will lose. Um, like, um, like Biden win all win all three. Can he pull out a victory in like a state like North Carolina where, it, like, it it's looking like it will flip? Yeah, he can definitely pull out a victory in North Carolina. In fact, he probably will. Georgia, he probably will. Arizona. Recent polls again. I was so. I was so confident about Arizona until a week ago, hell, even four days ago. But now I'm really not so sure. I really think Trump will, has pulled enough voters back to on his side to win in Arizona. Uh, so at the end of the day, I do want to get some predictions out for your, uh, from you. And then I'll probably give out some mine. Uh, so, Nobel, we don't want to spend too much time on this yeah. uh, presidential election. Um, We'll talk about some senator races right after, but yeah, your predictions for presidents. I still think all those red states are going to stay red, like Georgia, Iowa, Texas. Um, no, uh, what's uh, was it? Texas, uh, yeah. yeah, Florida, Florida, yeah, uh, North North Carolina. Um, let me just have a quick look at the map. Um, I'm a. My main concern is Pennsylvania. I think for me, the biggest state for me that I I. I can't even put a finger on and given so many different factors like the Supreme court getting involved and, and uh, what's it called? Uh, the voter count after election days, Pennsylvania. And also coupled with the fact that Biden's really not being in like, seriously, dude, all Biden had to do was just campaign in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania for the last three months. And we would be sitting here saying it's going to be Biden as president because that's, and he hasn't been doing that. So it's not, it's not more so what, He's, he has been doing it's a lot of what he hasn't done. so that on on the on that merit i i do agree with you with the rust belt the rust belt isn't a lock until we know it's a lock and um uh, i'm pennsylvania uh sorry wisconsin like you said um it could be a toss-up again given especially what happened last time with the polls uh and a combination with the working class voters not being comfortable um wearing trump on their sleeve um, I feel like there's a genuine, um, um, uh, what's it called, voter block that are genuine Trump supporters, but don't like saying or fear the backlash of saying that they're Trump supporters. So again, it's going to come down to the Rust Belt. I don't, I don't see like, like I wouldn't be surprised if Biden lost Nevada, um, but at the same time, uh, it's 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 how people feel in the moment, man. I can't. Uh, it's like you know, I'm just pulling shit out of my ass as, as best as I can based on the information that I have. But if we if we were to do a repeat, say we were four years ago doing the show, which we should have actually in hindsight, uh, we would probably be having the same exact conversation right now. We'd be like, oh yeah, Wisconsin is definitely going for Hillary, blah, blah, blah. I and don't then, think we would even talk about Wisconsin to be fair. Yeah. I mean, Michigan was a state that I think some people did talk about where Michigan had a chance of going Trump and Trump was gaining really hard in Michigan. Pennsylvania was always a straight Trump. Trump tried hard back in 2016. Nobody, nobody I know was talking about Wisconsin. Yeah, but then again, if it's not, it's not um, surprising to see that those are states that Bernie won handily too. So, yep. so there's a there's a there's a crossover in terms of what people are feeling and how they're voting. People there have voted against center politics essentially. So. You mean neoliberal um, politics? Neoliberal centrism, exactly. So yeah. people, people, people. A lot of people can't afford to vote for incrementalism anymore. They just can't. So the, how nice are those people? Yeah. 
So how are those uh, how are those people going to vote? If are you going to vote for someone who's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to come in and change everything, or are you going to vote for someone who's going to say, uh, I'm just going to take it back to how it was before? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I don't want to dwell too much on this. So I'll qu- I'll quickly go. I still think um, a lot of the red states will stay red red down south, um, and I do think I think Biden will have enough to win Nevada. Um, it might not, it might be closer than you think but it'll he'll probably be having a four points is still a significant lead uh having said that he's up by six in wisconsin and michigan and i don't think those are significant leads because of what happened in 2016 uh my my if you ask my prediction yeah, if they're I mean, polling the same people again dude then fuck we're fucked <laughs> I, I, if you ask for my prediction i think it will just be um biden ever so slightly the only one that i I'm looking at right now. I think Arizona is one that I was so, I was so looking at for Biden, but I don't think it's, I think that's Arizona's gone. It's um, Biden was up by like five on many polls like a week ago, but latest polls have Trump up by one by two. Uh, So the trend is definitely heading towards Trump. He has the momentum there. Uh, The the one, the only, the only other state that I see might flip other for Biden other than those three are is probably North Carolina because of the voter turnout and the significant number of young voters in that state. And yeah, it'll be, I still think Biden should have enough. And the thing about him not campaigning uh, though, it starkly reminded me of how this guy didn't campaign in a single super Tuesday state uh, during the the primaries. And he freaking fucking won most of them. Um, he didn't campaign in Massachusetts and he won. I mean, if we're going by that metric, then Biden's already president. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, fucking Senator Warren, man. I, I, mean, I still love her, but I, it's so hard for me to forgive her for what she did. Um, yeah, I think, I she think was, we she should... was the one. She was the one bastion of hope. I remember in 2010 when like the Democrats were like falling left and right and breaking every promise out there. Senator yeah. Warren kept me a Democrat. Yeah, let's just keep it real. Uh, yeah, I still love her. I think I just and I also love her. I mean, especially it, it's hard to not like her after what she did to Michael Bloomberg in the debates. I think those are like those are some of the best sound bites you'll ever hear on um pre- on any presidential debate stage ever. Uh, she, I would have loved to have her as our VP candidate, and seeing her like absolutely shred Mike Pence <laughs> on the, <in> the <laughs> VP debate would have been would have been uh... would have been so freaking awesome. But anyways, um, uh, let's not dwell on those. So the Senate races, right? Uh, just for the record, guys, I just want to say um, we don't want Trump to win. Like that's <laughs> I don't want them to win, I'm, but I'm not I'm voting not say, for. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying we want we we're voting for Biden. I'm saying we don't want Trump. And uh, I guess we have the luxury of being in blue states, um, heavily blue states. That even if we voted for Trump, <laughs> which we're not doing, but I'm just saying that it wouldn't fucking matter anyways. That's well, I can I can just tell you who what I'm doing. I'm 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 writing in Bernie Sanders, and I'm yeah has. I, I was never going to vote for Biden. It just, it was never, ever, it never crossed my mind. Voting for Trump did cross my mind at some points when I was like super angry at what the establishment Democrats did to Bernie on Super Tuesday. But then that quickly went away with, with Trump's handling. But that's what the point like, that's, that. That was like emotion causing you to make yeah, that, that was, think of how but, many people Think of how many people with very low information are making that decision. Yeah, but that's, again, I, like the... It, if you if back in March, this was back in March when I did consider uh, voting for Trump. This is before COVID happened. Like, oh, COVID, COVID started back in December. If 
our American politics were paying attention. But yeah, COVID in America hit in March. So and w- looking at Trump, like fum- like completely fumble the whole handling of COVID. Um, yeah, he cannot. He cannot. In I well again, I in my right mind cannot possibly vote for Trump, knowing how many how much blood he has on his hands. We're at what two hundred twenty thousand deaths as of today. We've where we hit nine million cases. We hit our single day record yesterday. This is we're talking the thirtieth of October. This thing started well over six months ago, and we're still hitting our daily records. And I'm not saying the countries in we're Europe number are doing one. yeah, America number one, baby, yeah. Yeah, and and I'm not saying the countries in Europe are doing much better. Um, I think the UK hit the single day record. So did France very recently, and Belgium pretty fucked as well. Yeah, and and. Uh, Italy again. I, you know, you really felt bad for Italy, having seen what they went through, to going back to where, um, going back to like suffering from this again. But that doesn't excuse. And that, and the reason I'm mentioning these countries is because of Trump always mentioned these countries. Trump always goes like, "Oh, look, I, you think I did bad? Look at them, they did bad too." I'm like, "Yeah, but that doesn't excuse you doing bad." Why don't you give the example of like New Zealand? Yeah, I understand different demographics, <laughs> vastly different. But yeah, they handled it better. Like you cannot name a single state in the United, like, like. Montana there is going through a surge in coronavirus cases. Montana has a has significant less population than than New Zealand, and if New Zealand and density has, and density and Montana is a bigger place as well. Yeah, and no one fucking goes to Montana. People go and, to New yeah. It's not like you got a bunch of tourists coming from Europe to fuck up Montana. Like like again, that's what kind of happened. What in New York and and in in the West Coast in Seattle because. Um, Seattle got a, a huge portion of their viruses coming in from China because that's why that's why Seattle got hit first. New York had a significant number of virus cases coming in from Europe because mm-hmm. again we're closer to Europe, and that's why the strain in New York, like that's when New York got well over twenty thousand deaths is or thirty thousand deaths is because the strain of the virus that came from Europe was again a lot stronger than the strain of the virus that was coming from China, which is why the West Coast states. Uh, wasn't hit as hard in terms of deaths, um, whereas the yeah. East Coast states were hit well significantly harder. Um, yeah, and so yeah, what excuse do you have for Montana having single day case records um, like this late into COVID? Uh, what excuses do you have in like, all of these other red states that are like completely bungling this whole COVID? It's it again. We don't. I don't want to. Like, I do want to stick back to the election. So let's go. <laughs> if I start on COVID, I probably won't be able to end, man. Uh, <laughs> having having seen what New Yorkers went through back, and um, like, like from March to June or even July is is something that really hits home of how badly we handle this, of how many innocent lives were lost. And most of the innocent lives that were lost were from low-income families as well, or or minorities like Blacks and Hispanics were were ravished by this virus. Disproportionately affected. Yeah, it's because like rich people could afford to... Uh, it, here's another thing. like Back in uh, July, there was not enough homes on Airbnb like suburban homes available on Airbnb. It wasn't because it wasn't because like the owners wanted didn't want to rent out during COVID. They wanted to rent out. It's because they were the ones that were staying in those Airbnb homes in say rural Pennsylvania. Because mm-hmm. they left the big cities and they they could have they had a vacation home which they usually rent out to Airbnb or or vacation homes or whatever. And they went to live in them. People like a lot of our people, like a lot of uh, 
people from low income families do not have that luxury. And these low income people were the only ones that would keep like propping up the economy. Like these were the people that were working in restaurants and groceries and in in pharmacies and they had to stay back. And it was really again I'm getting a little emotional here but it was it was bad. Yeah, it was fine. bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was really <laughs> really bad. And I think we were basically a war zone. Yeah, it was it literally was a war zone. And and I remember again I I'm an essential worker myself and I I had to work. Like there was times when I was working 6 days a week because we just didn't have enough people. Half my staff was out on covid. It's they had covid themselves and it's like it's like okay, if I don't go if I don't show up to work like we're going to have to close down. So I did show up to work and and a lot of my people did as well and God bless them. And it was it's a miracle that we made it through um unscathed which is uh, thank God. I mean Let's go back to the I, Senate. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, talk about something more cheerful, the Senate races. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to talk about how Lindsey Graham is pulling away from uh, Jamie Harrison even though the Democrats like pummeled as much money as they could. So the Democrats, the, spent, the Democrats spent in advertising in the state of South Carolina um, more in one month than Trump spent in advertising, I think, nationally for that same month. And that just goes to show you two things. The Democrats don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> like, and two, even if they know what the fuck is going on, they don't know how to do anything. Right. Like, how do you spend so much money? Like, if, if it comes down to money winning in politics, I'm sorry, like, you're on the losing team right now. If you can't beat the Republican um, just by sheer numbers alone, I don't know how, like, first of all, Lindsey Graham has said a lot of incriminating things in the last four years, starting from when Trump announced to all the way to even, like, um, the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. Can I give so, a number three option? Sure, go for it. That's more. I'm just, I just we could go all day with this. <laughs> uh, this one's my favorite. I, I, it's either the one and two that you mentioned where Democrats are fucking idiots, which they probably are. But um, the third option is Lindsey Graham is probably a fucking genius because, because how has he had so much money spent against him and he's leading in the polls by six points? It's just one of those things. That's why it pisses me off when the Democrats are going after states like Texas and Georgia and stuff like that. I'm like, like spend those resources wisely in places where you know you can get those votes like i understand you're trying to get rid of lindsey graham uh but you're trying to get rid of lindsey graham like it's not that easy <laughs> like it's like it's the same as saying trying to get rid of mitch mcconnell it's they've those guys have been there they're like part of the furniture right now like trying to throw out the couch is not going to work work out um with the senate race in um in south carolina uh I'm just uh, I'm just a little worried that the Democrats are going to think that this is the new model of how they need to do politics, like how they ran Beto. Um, I'll give him Beto credit. He was within two points of Ted Cruz, but I'll also give Ted Cruz credit for being a complete dislikable fucking harrowing individual that no one like. Like if you if you think about it, like Ted Cruz lost 10 points off his initial victory from back in the day. So he, that's how disliked he is in Texas. It's not so that they, people love that. How people much credit would you give Doug Jones winning against <laughs> almost an outer pedophile in Alabama? I'm talking about the Roy Moore, Roy Moore, um, Doug Jones race, which Doug Jones won the Democrat, even though he's, I mean, he's he's definitely right enough to be a Republican. Yeah. So I mean, dude, Biden's right enough to be a fucking Republican. You got Colin Powell on his team. Fucking John Kasich. John Kasich, yeah. Yeah, fucking, uh, what's her name? Cindy McCain. Like, you got the whole crew. Like, he's got in, like, he's got an insane amount of Republican, OG Republican 
endorsement. So it's not even a surprise that Doug Jones is the guy they go with <laughs> for a for a seat like that. Um, to be fair, I think uh, that's the one Democratic seat that will almost certainly um, flip red this time or flip to the Republicans in the Senate. So uh, right now, the Republicans have a 53-47 majority in the Senate. That's where we stand right now. And given Doug Jones loses his seat, which he probably will, uh, that will end up being a 54-46 majority. Again, uh, two of the 46 are independents, which, one of which is Bernie Sanders. Uh, so Democrats actually only has 44, but the two independent senators uh, primarily vote with the Democrats. Uh, yeah. So that, makes, um, that brings it to the point where Democrats have to flip five uh, Republican Senate seats to gain... Well, Susan, uh, Susan Collins is a, is a big one, probably... Susan uh, Collins maybe. is definitely a big one in Maine, where um, Sarah Gideon is. It's again, it's almost a statistical tie. Susan Collins isn't like the worst <laughs> Republican senator. She's the only one who voted against the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. So, uh, I mean, I don't know Sarah yeah, Gideon. Yeah, she had well. to. She only did that because, she, oh, well, you saying that, you saying she's not that bad. She also uh, openly uh, uh, is asking uh, for the support of Kionon. And she also oh, said she, yeah, that yeah. Systemic, systemic racism is not a problem in Maine. I'm so. talking like I know, I know, like I know she's terrible. I, don't get me wrong, don't. I, I hope I don't get misquoted here. She's terrible, <laughs> but again, she's the only one who did uh, vote against the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. I'm pretty sure she had her own reasons. She was looking out for her own interests because I'm pretty like Maine is another state that again Maine was a swing state not too long ago. Maine and other than that, um, the second congressional district where Trump might have a chance. Like I mean, he's polling close. I think. And when I say close, I mean, he's polling within four points of Biden. But the rest of Maine is now solid blue. And yeah, it will be, I I, I really do want to flip uh, Maine, uh, Maine Senate seat. Like, I do really want to get Susan Collins out of office. Because if this election was two years from now, I don't think she has a chance. Because it's, Maine is, again, switching more and more blue every, every passing year. And Senate terms are, what, six years? So if she can pull out a win by a hair, like she will be a very unpopular senator in a state where, you know, it's primarily Democratic, Democratic voters. So, yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting one. Um, North Carolina is interesting in the sense that North Carolina, the Democratic candidate. Cunningham's killing it. Yeah, he's he's doing really well. And again, North Carolina is a state that we talked about in the presidential terms. It's seeing a huge voter turnout. And that is definitely helping Democratic candidates in the down ballots. No, for sure. Um, what was the other race we were going to talk about? Uh, so Colorado is is one. Oh, where, yeah. Um, was it Hickenlooper and what's that guy's name? It's Cory Gardner. Cory Gardner. Like, yeah. Senator Cory Gardner, uh, Republican senator. He's he's not polling that well. Uh, the last couple of polls had Hickenlooper up by three points. One of them, one of them was one point. Didn't Hickenlooper one, run for president? Did he? I, dude, the, the, there was like 40 people running for president. I'm pretty sure Hickenlooper ran for president. He had some uh, good moments there. I'm pretty sure. I, if I'm thinking, if I'm putting the name to the face, he was a, he's a funny guy. I mean, he's not he's not that progressive. Look, I mean, he's he a very... Governor very, of Colorado. He's very... Uh, he's borderline Republican. He has an awesome name. So anyway, <laughs> we got to give him that. Um, we do have to talk about the two races in Georgia. Uh, so Georgia oh, has two Republican senators, both of which are up for grabs this term. Um, so John Ossoff is is, sig- is polling um, really well recently. This is one that was leaning Republican until about like two weeks ago when um, John Ossoff, the Democratic candidate against David Perdue, um, 
I don't know if you saw the video. There was a there was a a Senate debate, Pardue versus John Ossoff, and John Ossoff killed him. And I don't know how I haven't seen it. I've seen I've seen articles yeah. on it, but I gotta so, I gotta catch up on it. Yeah. So there was supposed to be another debate. I don't know when it was scheduled, but after that debate, there was supposed to be another debate. And and David Pardue's team pulled out of the debate because they saw it as a no-win situation. Because John Ossoff probably would have killed him in that one too. And I don't see a scenario where, yeah, I do think like Georgia will vote Trump, but I do not, I do not see a scenario where David Perdue is able to hold on to his seat because it is, it's one of those, again, momentum, we speak a lot about it, but it was polling red um, until two weeks ago, but the latest polls have, uh, have John also up by one, two, three points. And it'll probably keep heading that way. And the debate, if, and if people in Georgia see that, see that video i don't see how they can how they will be voting for <laughs> i gotta watch this video dude you should have seen david produce face as john also was laying it on him his face is like yeah i, I probably should start looking at homes in georgia again because uh, or he's like I, i'm he's probably he was probably thinking about calling his realtor in washington is like yeah i'm not gonna be needing that home anymore so. <laughs> oh you um, never know he might be a lobbyist now he might need a bigger home now because you can actually get paid more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I really, like, a lot of these um, Washington politics, like, go way over my head. So, but, yeah, and that's something that's interesting as well. Um, the other Georgia race, I don't want to talk too much about this because this is almost certain to go into uh, a runoff on, which will be on January 5th. The Democratic um, candidate, Warnock, is up by a lot. Like, he's actually up by, like, to up as like almost like by 19 points on some polls but he will not be hitting the majority the majority 51 percent almost certainly so it will be him versus somebody else in a runoff on january 5th for that um i think loffler's trailing like big time oh i hope to god um loffler is gone yes yeah, the horrible uh, individual terrible horrible terrible <laughs> we could keep going on <laughs> um there's some other ones like uh we wanted to talk about iowa i I mean, um, Biden was in Iowa today. Part of it might be the reason that there is a very close um, Senate race in Iowa. Senator Joni Ernst, remember that crazy lady that won in 2014 and everybody was like super scared about? Yeah, that's her against Teresa Greenfield. Uh, so that's a very close race. Uh, RCP has Greenfield up by 1.5 points as of yesterday. That might be, that might be interesting because uh, that might help Biden win. That's Maybe that's why he's in Iowa because he probably sees that if uh, Ernst is losing there, then he's a chance of um, getting the votes uh, on the top it of the ticket. It might also be a, like, or you, you, I think you're giving them way too much credit because it might also be thinking like, oh, we got the presidency in the back. Let's help some of these Senate race, uh, like Senate uh, candidates out. <laughs> so they might not, they might be thinking like, oh, Pennsylvania is done. We don't need to go there. Let's just go campaign for. Um, yeah, Biden Harris was Green. there twice last week. That's more times than Hillary. That's we We got this under wraps yet. <laughs> We went to Wisconsin once this time. We will definitely, unlike last time, well, we went zero time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, dude, there's like so many of these Senate races that are so close. Uh, there was another one we had talked about. It's, oh, so this one. This one is like so freaking interesting. Uh, it's it's Montana, of all places, where the Republican senator, Steve Daines, is actually in a fucking close race against the Democratic candidate. Uh, Steve Daines is his name. 
yeah, it's two Steves basically. Oh, Steve Bullock. Steve, I'm sorry, I misread it. So it's Steve Danes, Republican versus Steve Bullock, um, Democrat. And the last poll had Bullock, the Democratic candidate, up by one in Montana of all fucking places. And again, it's, it's another of those states. Like again, COVID must not be helping. Uh, the Republican candidates there because of the record rhetoric that uh, Trump has had. I'm pretty sure his other buddies in Montana has had and how they have, how Montana is hitting single day case records this late into COVID. So yeah, I mean, Steve Bullock, I mean, f- imagine a democratic Senator from Montana. That'd be, well, I mean, to be fair though, to Trump, uh, the white house did list ending COVID-19 pandemic as Trump's accomplishment. <laughs> That's an official statement. It's literally an official statement. Uh, that's about <laughs> it for me from Senate races. Um, everything else looks really good for Democrats. Um, there was some, as dude, I don't know why I do this sometimes, but I do turn on CNN so, like once in a while. What is that, I, the Comedy <laughs> News Network? Is that the one you're talking about? I wish it was. because uh, and, and I did turn on and then some, I don't know who the fuck it was, but some guy came on. And he said that they were looking at uh, Democrats flipping something like 10 Republican um, Senate seats. Uh, if they are able to flip 10, that would give them a majority, a six majority, given Doug Jones loses his. Uh, no, that would give them a five. Like, uh, wait, hang on. One, two, three. Yeah, that would give three. them a six, six majority. Six, yeah. Which would be which would be huge. I mean, if we have a Biden presidency with the six majorities in the Senate and and the House is almost certain to go Democrat as well. I mean, you're gonna run out of excuses if you can't do something for the people. Well, I think it will work. I don't think so. I'll pro- I still don't fucking trust neoliberals because they're fucking. I know. I hope it does people. because last time we had the presidency, the uh, how then both houses we had a lot of great social change in in America and a lot of you know. Economic we got the Affordable Care Act, man. So don't complain. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it working its out really well, right? I'm just—I hate the Affordable yeah. Care Act, by the way. I mean, I prefer it above whatever Trump and Mitch McConnell has in. Oh plans. yeah, for sure. But it's for terrible. sure. Yeah, it can be better. <laughs> like that, without a shadow. Of a doubt. <laughs> Not only can it should be better. It's, it should be. It's it's owed it, to the American people to have a healthcare system that actually takes care of people. It should be not universal profit. healthcare. That's all I say. I mean, I, healthcare. I'm not. I'm not willing to debate healthcare anymore. But because... I think the pandemic, in the long run, might be a good thing. Here's the. My hope is that hopefully the youth vote turnout is is high because normally when voter turnout is high, it it signifies that the Democrats will win or are winning. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Ninety million voters have already, as of like the last hour, have voted early voting. So people are very into this election that doesn't i mean obviously it's because of the pandemic people are voting early and they don't want to get stuck in the polls and whatnot but on top of that it's um uh, it, it's one of those things that i hope i personally hope that the youth vote does turn out because if the youth vote is a fundamental reason why biden wins he's gonna have a hard time keeping uh, not keeping some of his promises i feel that's because uh, the re- the only reason I say that is because with with time, dude, the the policies of the Democratic Party n- have to change. Like, like there's there's no like who are they gonna run? They're gonna run by the time they run somebody else is gonna be like what Diane Feinstein next time? She's gonna be like 95 years old and like what? They're just gonna keep running old people all the time? Like old people are gonna we're gonna run out of old people to run. Soon. Can I just mention like I, I, other than so from 2008, if you think of uh, in regards to the economy, other than the Democrats. Now, like almost entirely agreeing 
to a $15 minimum wage, which was, first of all, that was a completely binary thing. And four years ago, $15 minimum wage was something that almost nobody in the establishment Democratic Party was was even thinking about. And now and now it's like a it's a what it's what do you call it? Now it's it's a you don't even have to think like it's the $15 minimum wage is like, are you serious? You're not going to give me $15 minimum wage. Like that's that's where we're at right now. Right. So to sorry to finish my point, it was uh, I had I had to had a cough anyways. So to finish my point, yeah, that's the only thing that I think the establishment Democrats have moved left off in terms of um, income inequality. Everything else, I don't see any change in them since 2008. It's all the things that they really think this thing of where Obama era politics is still the in thing with the young crowd. It's not. I think people have moved more left, especially millennials and younger voters. Um, they have moved way beyond Obama era politics. And I don't think the Democratic Party understands. It's universal healthcare. It's not even up for debate. You ask most people, you ask. Almost everybody, like significant portion of the American public will um, will say that we want universal health care. Over 50%. But like you ask Biden, he's scared to talk about it. Yeah, I don't Biden, know if you know it. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the whole how are you going to pay for that question isn't asked as often as it used to be. Well, it's still asked. <laughs> you mean it's not asked as much by the Democrats? I still think they will ask it. Like, it, 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 think back to the debates again, um, the primary debates. This was something that uh, Biden said against Bernie. It's like, oh, but you're not going to be able to pay for it. Um, you think of uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, whenever she shows up to any fucking interview ever, and it doesn't matter who's interviewing her, they always ask her, like, oh, how are you going to pay for universal health care? How are you going to pay for free public education? Um, and she always has to answer the same fucking questions, and she gives a great answer every fucking time, and it's never She's enough. getting better at her answers. She's uh, she is. Dude, have you, did you see her Twitch stream? She, I mean, she completely flipped me after she she streamed <laughs> Among Us, playing Among Us on Twitch. That's it. I'm, I'm a lifer AOC. For uh, that's it, I'm done. I'm done. Wow, like, I, now I'm just persuaded by a fucking video game. Great, this is dude, this is the state of our politics right over. now. That's if us can be swayed by a fucking video game, imagine <laughs> the low information voters. That's all I got. Do you think, <laughs> do you think if Mitch, Mac Mitch McConnell, uh, like started streaming on Twitch, <laughs> do you think I would be in? Yeah, I, I don't, I, 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 I'd watch Mitch McConnell play some fucking games at least. He's at least I know he's human. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dude, did you see his hand? What the fuck is up with his hand? I don't know, he's probably been checking off a lot. <laughs> I, like, if anyone's listening hasn't seen Mitch McConnell's hand just look it up man it's dude it's scary as shit like it's Halloween come early for a lot of people anyways um, we've been going too long um, I know you have to go to work so uh, Nabil thank you for doing this I know anytime man like I say I'll, uh, I love doing this it's a lot of fun uh, we're only doing this because it's election time we're not really there's no there's no political emergency going on so yeah. uh, <laughs> other than the fact that uh, the whole world kind of depends on this outcome but uh, you know it is what it is um it it it's a it's an interesting time i feel in my life because it's a point of inflection for me as well because like what i'm 31 turning 32 in a couple of like 3 months and so i'm i'm a, I'm a solid adult now like you know i'm past my 20s i i understand a lot more with the hindsight of experience and, you know, just more knowledge in general and just, you know, having just spoken to so many different kinds of people all over the world on these topics. Uh, it is, this is the last dying gasp of this boomer generation in power. So everything after this is going to be a lot different. And we need to be ready to take the mantle when it 
it's it's not going to be given to us. We're going to take it at some point. That's what's going to happen. And we need to be ready for that. And not just ready. And I keep harping on this over and over again. Um, the left needs to have their messaging. I, I mean, I highly recommend going and listening to what AOC had to say on CNN in defense of Biden. Um, but she said it in such an articulate way where she didn't she didn't put herself in a hole. She still she did not compromise on our values. And the whole point is you're not supposed to compromise on your values. That's uh, you're lying to yourself once you start doing that. Um, but your values need to come from a place of, you know, empathy. If you don't have empathy for other people, then, you know, unlike Ben Shapiro, who likes to say policy should not be coming from a place of empathy. But I don't know how the fuck he sleeps at night. But uh, uh, the, the left has, you know, we tend to get really emotional a lot over a lot of things. And I think we need to take a backseat a little bit and just, you know, see the broader picture of how we can gay have more power without power. We won't be able to institute any of these changes that we constantly talk about and hope. And um, this election, as much as I hate to see two old white guys, as always, fighting it out, this is the old. These are the oldest motherfuckers around. <laughs> and I'm happy to say that this is the last time we're going to see boomers in power. So let's look at it now. Unless they're good boomers like Bernie Sanders. Uh, even then, I think Bernie shouldn't. Or I think I think Bernie should pass on the mantle to. No, I think else. he already has. But he I mean, already just, has. But like, yeah. Go just for curious, it. I just have one last question before you end this. Uh, how do you think? Like a lot of, uh, I don't listen to as much left wing media as I used to. Um, and but I, I remember uh, like this week I have. Um, I I went on watched a lot of uh, TYT videos and I watched some, um, some other. I can they're escaping like the the num the names are escaping me. I watched the Bernie Sanders um, interview that uh, he had on TYT. And a lot of what struck me uh, this time compared to like four years ago um, was, I mean, I could clearly remember four years ago, TYT, they were very reserved on throwing their full support behind Hillary Clinton is because I don't think TYT, like a lot of left-wing media never so foresaw Trump winning in 2016. They, they thought that, oh, we know Hillary will win. It's just that how we will we get her to to side with us in terms of policies. It, that was the idea. Which is what which is what I think the left is starting to realize that unless you have power in some shape or form, where, where whether it be center left in power or the left in whoever, someone on the left needs to be in power for you to do right. what you want to do. So do you think that messaging from the left wing media, from from people like Bernie Sanders, people like um. AOC, even even um, Nina Turner, like she, she, how she threw some of her, like she didn't do it wholeheartedly, but she did throw her support uh, to Joe Biden, which can't have, like, I know I love Nina Turner. She's amazing, but it can't have been easy for her to do so. But, and I, you can't imagine, like, she's doing it for the bigger picture. Like, but doesn't I mean, that, think of it like, this way someone like Nina Turner never thought she'd be fighting someone like a neo-fascist. She probably just always thought the neoliberals are the ones we're fighting. And then this neo-fascism came out of nowhere because the neoliberals are so inept at ruling and understanding the political climate. But doesn't that, do, doesn't that just confirm everything that the establishment Democrats told the people uh, during the primaries? Because there's, there's, if you listen to David Axelrod, and I fucking hate this guy, by the way, um, every time he kept like his whole entire wasn't he Obama's chief of staff? Yeah, he was guy? Obama's yeah. like main guy, number one guy. Yeah. So his entire point during the primaries was, and he's he's a very CNN guy as well, by the way. So his entire point during the 2020 primaries was that oh, we cannot have 
Bernie win because if Bernie wins, Trump wins, and he will not be able to unify the party. We need we need someone like Joe Biden. We need someone like Amy Klobuchar. We need someone like Pete Buttigieg because they can unite the party. And and the and anytime the question was asked that how do you know the the supporters of Bernie Sanders of um, Elizabeth Warren will will come back and he like he didn't say it in exact words but his his terminology was oh don't worry they will fall in line when they yeah, see them, when they see them, one of our back. guys versus Trump they will fall in line that's like he was very bullish about it and and that's why it so pains me like I cannot possibly throw my support towards Biden because. Because if if I throw my support towards Joe Biden, it's me falling in line. Hey, yeah, it's fine. We lost, but yeah, I will fall in line. I will do as you tell me to do, or oh, master whatever. And uh, you can never tell someone how to vote. That's uh, I mean, but, you can. I, I agree it's with not, you. And I, I mean, I but can. It's not going to get the result you want. I can vote whoever I want. I'm not saying like David Axelrod is deciding who I vote him, for. But dude, they're in their mind. In their mind, if a Biden victory would mean that, hey, don't worry, the left fell in line this time, they will keep falling in line every time. Exactly. That's the definition of the word unity for them. It's not unity. If some, if you ask someone out of like, you know, just randomly, what does unity mean? It means people coming together or things coming together. But this isn't coming together. Like you just stated, it's falling in line so that you can't really call it unity. It's just like you got nowhere else to go, kind of. I mean, um, my ask to everyone or anyone who I'm pretty sure people who listen to our podcasts will definitely vote or has already voted. Um, just vote and don't forget to vote down ballot as well. That's the most important. It's not just about the presidency. Vote for your local council member. Vote for the local judges. Vote for um, the Senate races if if you have one in your state. Um, your your Congress uh, person. Everybody. Uh, up and down the ballot, they're all important. They're very, I mean, I hate, very I, important. I, I, I hate to say that, but if you're in a swing state, like really consider your vote. Like your vote really does matter. If you're in a blue yeah. state or a red state, you're. Uh, I mean, let's just keep it real. We're not in a representative democracy in the first place, so like your vote really doesn't yep. matter, anyways. Yeah, so, but it matters down ballot. <laughs> it does it the matter really down ballot. Matter Definitely vote matter. down ballot. If you want to see changes, you got to start making the smaller changes before we can get to the changes up top. And I, right. if there's one, if there's one takeaway from the Bernie movement, is that politics is grassroots. If you want to see change up top, you got to start it from the bottom. And I guess uh, that's a good note to end this uh, episode on because uh, we've definitely <laughs> spoken. I wasn't prepared at all. And somehow through bits and pieces of the news, I've just happened to know what the fuck's going on. And we've managed to drag it on for this long. Um, as always, uh, it was a pleasure to be on the show today, Naz. Uh, it was a good talk. Hopefully on election night, uh, we got the whole crew on. We'll be on live on Facebook and YouTube. But and as Twitch always, as well. Uh, we'll be live on Twitch. And Twitch, yes, and Twitch. Maybe That's what the young crowd a... is, by the way. Well, yeah, exactly. Might uh, throw in a game or two of Among Us, so if anyone wants to join, yes, fuck yeah. Hopefully AOC joins us as well. Or, but, or, uh, or, or we'll play chess. Or even Mitch McConnell. I want to have a, have a game with Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> that would be hilarious. There you go. AOC and Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell on the same game. We all know who did it. We fucking all know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, though, uh, Progressive Rants is on Spotify on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and and everywhere else uh, podcasts can be found and heard. We're on Facebook. Our name is Progressive Rants on Facebook. Um, Our Twitter handle is ProgRantsPod. I got it right this time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've been struggling with that one. Um, But as as always, uh, we'll be live in three days' time. Uh, hopefully Nas gets this episode out as soon as possible because there's no point with this coming out after election. Wait, so so uh, <laughs> just on that, um, uh, so uh, there's there's an episode 11 that will uh, drop 
I believe uh, Sunday Sunday morning, and and this one will drop Monday morning. So um, yeah, let me listen to both of those. The especially episode eleven that is um, we we named it Coop Anon. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, that's gonna be a new series that we're gonna do Coop Anon America and all its interventions all across the world because like you know that's what we do best meddling other people's elections. And with that, signing off from Progressive Rants episode twelve. Election predictions, I hope, uh, well, not really predictions, we're just uh, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. But uh, with that, I want to say, everyone, go out and vote. If you don't want to vote, don't vote. Do whatever the fuck you want. But just remember, your actions do have consequences, and sometimes your inactions have even more consequences. Goodbye. See ya.